Damaged Goods Podcast. Yeah, well, there was the dude with the click clacky jaw, right? Tomcat. Tomcat, yes. Driver. And that was the guy who hit the brakes. And I slammed into the front of the fucking bus. Yep. You and, and Francis. Francis. Yep. Absolutely. So that's not a good thing. You can't have a driver that's going to get you hurt. And then the next dude, he had to go because he got like. Foot, foot foot rot or some shit. I want to say it was diabetes. Get gangrene or some shit, You know shit, how man. diabetes affects the yeah, foot? Absolutely. That motherfucker drank like 10 sodas a night. That he would line the cans it, of sodas It could have been ga- uh, gout. Gout. Right? Yeah. Either way, yeah, he, I remember the day we were in Atlanta, and this dude's foot looked all types of crazy, and he had to leave. Yep. And I don't even remember the third dude. I don't even remember the fucking second dude. I don't even care. It's a lot. That's a lot of bus drivers. <laughs> That's a lot of bus drivers. Think about all the bus drivers you had over your your, yeah. your touring career. Think about you. Your touring oh, career is like yeah. six times as long as mine. I, I don't even remember half that. There's certain ones that stick out, and there's certain ones that don't, right? I can't, you know, there's certain the ones that I would ones? see right now and just be like, I don't even remember you. And then there are ones I would I know their names, I remember them, you know. It's important. It's important. I think yes. that's a very important thing because that person's kind of responsible for your sleep, your, your cleanliness, your Fuck temporary yeah, home. yeah, dude. Everything. It's your life, basically. Very He's got important. your life in his hands for every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's important. That trustworthy voice is a Damage Goods Podcast alum, my man, a guitar tech of legendary status. Just my man, Warren Lee. He's back here. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank we're you for in, always in, having me. Oh, dude, thank you for being here, man. We're, we're in uh, sunny Philadelphia. It's not sunny, it's actually raining. But we're in Philadelphia. We are on tour with a little band named Slayer. And um, we were just discussing things about bus drivers and shit. That's a very essential thing when you're on tour. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to have a good driver, right? This yeah. guy we have now currently, he like, we pull up to the hotel. The guy opens up the bay, pulls your suitcase out. Yeah. In the morning, he grabs your suitcase, puts it in. Yes, he does. Like, Dude, he cleans your bunk. Like very polite. Oh my God, man, what kind of oh, what other service do you have? I go up front to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. He opens the door for me, opens a window. <laughs> like, geez, this guy's great. He, have you ever have you ever had a bus driver that's not from the South or the Midwest? Uh, our current driver, he's from California. That dude's from California. Yes. Christ. Yes. I'm wow. going to raise. I listen to him talk. He's got. You can I, hear the Cali accent. Yeah, he's definitely got the mellow like yeah. like West kind of Coast. vibes. Hey, he calls Coast cucumbers cukes, yep. man, bros. Yep. He calls me. He does a lot of brohams. Yep. Brohemes. Yep. Brohemies. <laughs> dudes. <laughs> a lot of what, like various. West Coast. Yeah, it was just cool. It's SoCal. Me. SoCal shit. I I don't know why I thought he was from the south. No, he currently lives um, not in California, but oh, okay. he is definitely was raised in Southern California. And you can definitely hear it in his voice. I was way fucking off. That was from the south. They're all usually all from the south. Strangely. Usually they are. Well, usually bus drivers are from the planet of bus drivers. Yeah. And uh, the truck drivers are a planet, uh, planet of truck drivers, and they're all from different planets, right? That's why they're so strange, Jake. Dude, yeah. Strange. I've had some weird ones. I can't. You want? Me, do you want me to tell you some? I would some love bus you. Driver I nightmare would be stories. Delighted to hear a nightmare okay, story. So we had a bus driver one time that would clean the bus on days off but he would do it with every window open and porn blaring on both TVs at 10. <laughs> so we walk on the bus to do what we do on a day off, right, which is smoke a bunch of weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that would be going on. What, so which band to, was that for, if I can ask? For this band. It was for this band. Yes, that driver lasted about three days. Oh, okay, yeah, I was going to say, dude. And then we got the Turbo Negro. Black Chris, motherfucker was awesome. He drove like a maniac, though. That's why we call him the Turbo. Got you, got you. We needed to be real awesome. fast. He was, he was great. It's important. He was the one, right? Then there was a the driver. I remember uh, Otis. 
Yeah, I had him when I was with, working for a band called The Trey. You was right? Otis from the South. Otis was from the South. Yes, my gut was right there, yes. dude. The name yes. Otis. Come on. Otis fit the bill of a typical bus driver from the South, but he was very friendly, very nice. As they are. But he also was blind as a bat, Jake. Which that's not cool. No, but I did spend weeks and weeks with him, and we never had an incident with he him. He never had a driving issue. No. So he, was he blind? Like like he had glasses and bad vision. Yeah, glasses, okay. and, and he just. You'd go up there and he'd just kind of drive and look at you. Hey, man, how you doing? He'd have to kind of look up and see who it was. <laughs> so this might be like uncalled for and unnecessary, maybe like mildly disrespectful. Speaking about blind bus drivers. Okay. We have a bus driver. With and one he's eye. cool as a motherfucker. With yes. one eye. Big. He's got one eye. Do you think that affects his driving? I don't know. You, you get two of these things. You get two eyeballs in your face. And your job is reliant upon the vision on the road. And now one of these two things, 50% of these things are gone from your face. You only have one of these. You're supposed to have two. And your job requires much of vision. I mean, he's fine. He's fantastic. He's cool as fuck. No issues. I'm just saying. That's, that's, that's kind of scary. Right? It is. But, I mean, if you ride in a bus and he's good driver yeah. and he's smooth, then I guess it's if all right. If you're good, you're good. It's just, the, it's, it's just a crazy But you might thing. have an extra blind spot, huh? Jake. Yeah. What's so funny, Dave? Also sitting in on this is Dave Bonvillain of Elite Cannabis. Yeah, dude. Loveland Molecular Labs. But he does not have a microphone, and we won't let him talk right now. But he is in the corner rolling a joint for us. And Dave has also been on Damage Goods. He's an alum as well. Yes. And not only is he the CEO and brain behind Loveland Molecular Labs. Also, Carrie King's Guitar Tech. What a wild coincidence. Still. What a wild coincidence. He understands okay. the, the nature of the bus game, though. But um, No, know, he doesn't. He's still new. It's, it's traveling on the road, though. <laughs> it, it's, it's a whole... Um, there's a lot of things that happen on the road or that you deal with uh, that, that are so unique to only touring in music or maybe touring in, like, I don't know, who else tours besides Army guys, I guess? Oh, well, you have... There's, uh, like... Re- a, WWF wrestlers. WWF wrestlers. Like, like, let's say, like... Do. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Athletes, Athletes choo, 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 choo. the sports games, um, like those Disney on Ice shows, stuff oh, like that, Disney right? Ice, yeah. Um, there's also like, there's also like those, you know, cross country like cheerleader type competitions, right? It's not exactly like what we do, but yeah. you know, they travel, right? And and buses sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's a, it, it's a, you know, it's a different experience in terms of your your profession and like like your lifestyle out there. Yeah. There's things that happen. I, I think rock and roll though up uh, is is the most serious, right? Serious in terms of touring, like the, the the demand of of you of you as a as a person working. Yeah, that and just I think it's just it's more of um. Uh, how do you explain it? Like it's just more it's consistent, whereas you know this other stuff is it's here and there. Or, yeah. You know, it's true. It's uh it's tough because you're adjusting to life out here differently and and there's things like you know just talking about like bus drivers and how strangely it doesn't seem important but how important that is to like your comfort level and how well you're gonna sleep and work and this and that and there's things that happen out here that are it's a different lifestyle out here right you have to like live a certain way out here there's you know different ways to live out on tour yeah and uh you got to kind of like figure it out you know what i mean what the best method of doing stuff is or learning to adapt to it it's yeah tough and i mean you have to shift first you know it's like being in college right you have to fucking share the bus with how many usually people 10 10 11 other people you yeah. know what i mean no privacy it's yeah. just there's a lot of people right so sure. i mean if you are one of those per- people that live at home alone and you kind of have a routine you come out here that's oh, yeah. you got that's a big thing to get used to right so shock to your system and i mean something you know something that 
you deal with out here, and I'm not going to go into it deeply and, and explain, you know, it's like sometimes when you're out here, certain things can go real sour back home, and and it's tough, and, you know, we've had people recently who, you know, certain situations happen back home, and you got to leave, you got to go Shout home. out to Colin Record, yeah. Very big shout out. And, and things, you know, certain things trump what you do for work. You know, family, loved ones, close ones. But when you're gone and that shit happens, it's, it's a tough one, right? You, you, it's a whole different way you're, you're dealing with it. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, first of all, it, it for me at least, out here it affects my mood, right? Because I'm kind of, I am, I, uh, I kind of, you know, 100% focus on what I'm doing out here. So if I have something at home kind of distracting me, then it, it, it does throw me off balance out here, right? And it affects how my day goes. It yeah. affects, you know. So if you have, like, I don't know, whatever, you know, issues at home. Anything going on Right, anything, home. you know, fighting with your chick or whatever it is at home that you're not able to focus on out here 100%, it's going to affect, you know, so. It's tough because, I mean, I don't know. When you're, when you're, I guess if you have like a central location where you live, where you where you work, and everything's there, problems arise and you deal with them, and you're there. But I think there's something really uncomfortable about being absent from where you live or, or where your problems might occur, and having to go go back there or not being able to be present when it happens. You feel helpless a little. You feel responsible. Um, you feel disconnected. Well, that's kind of you have to kind of. Uh when you're out here, you kind of have to numb yourself to certain things, right? You yeah. can't let, like, you know, some phone calls that, let's say, would would bother you at home, maybe shouldn't let you let them bother you here. Because out here, you can't, you know, at home, you could let it bother you, and then the next day, you can go fix you it. You can deal, all, right? with, you it, can deal right? with it, right? Yeah. Out here, you, you, you know, you don't have that choice. You have to wait till when you get home, and sometimes that's eight weeks fucking later, so. Do you ever find yourself maybe trying to be more disconnected when you're on the road? Consciously, just so you don't have to deal with that shit. Um, that's probably part of the reason why I'm not married anymore, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yo, married life. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to be a touring person, uh, married. Yeah, I think that had a, a big effect on uh, why I'm not, uh, you know, why I'm currently not married anymore. That's right? a tough so, one, dude. That's a tough one. Well, I mean, it was you know the fact that I I just didn't. I wouldn't focus my energy on home where you know and i'd be out here you know for fucking months at a time sometimes jesus yeah. christ so um it probably contributed to that right and, and if you're yeah. like the significant other of someone who's on the road a lot you gotta have a you gotta swallow a lot of pride you gotta be real big about bethany being able to be cool to be gone <laughs> warren's shouting out supportive words <laughs> it's a tough one though right imagine you were home all the time and you're you're a significant other oh, absolutely gone. i get it dude that's a fucking i don't know if i yeah. can i don't know if i but can i mean do it. look if you can do it if if the communication exists right yeah then you know what i mean then you can do it because then you don't feel so far away it's not so frustrating right because you still feel there's a connection yeah. right when the communication doesn't exist and the connection is lost then yeah pretty much then it's that's a tough one. And some people need, continue, they need right? that closer connection. They need that yeah, physical. Yeah, they, yeah. They, or they need to talk all the yeah, time absolutely. every day. Which I get it, you know. But I hate talking on the phone. I don't mind. If you, you don't it, mind it? I mean, I mean it, it depends who I'm talking to, right? Touche. Do you Touché. know what I mean? I mean if it, I'm yeah. talking to my chick, uh, well, I think she, I think she's still my chick. Actually, I don't know about that, Jake. So, What's but up, uh, that's a question that needs. Yeah. To, that I, I don't know if I have the uh, <laughs> the knowledge to weigh in on that. It's it's in the gray area right now. If I talk, if I'm talking to a significant other, a, a female, yeah. and then uh, usually I want to talk to her because I find her interesting, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, sometimes I've 
you know, your hours fly by. You don't realize you're on the phone that yeah, long, yeah, right? Yeah. And you're just and talking. And it reminds all you of home in a good way, sure, and it takes your you mind know? off the off the you know tour and shit. Sure, sure. And yeah. sometimes maybe like let's say on tour. Man, you, maybe you want to spend a couple hours talking to your chick because you you haven't talked to her for the last two days because you've been yeah. busy at the shows, right? That happens. Yeah. That's what I do, like, with my daughter. You know, I, I text her on days off, right? And usually on show days, I can't call her, you know? Or if yeah, she yeah, FaceTimes, yeah. it's loud, it's too much going on, you know? Um, or the service sucks, right? But in the, in the hotel room on day off where I got Wi-Fi, yeah. you know, I can kick it. Like, the other day, I spent almost an hour and a half on the phone with her. Oh, you just, know? It was great. What do you guys talk about for an hour and a half? Um, just like she tells me about school, she tells me about whatever. I talked about life, everything. I, my kids, my kids, she's really cool. smart. She's smart. I will say, I've met Warren's kid. And I'm not saying it because he's here. She's a pretty cool, cute kid. If your kid wasn't cool or cute, Thank I wouldn't you. say anything. I would just be like quiet. I wouldn't say Thank anything you. bad. That's what you do. If someone's got an ugly kid or not cool yeah. kid, you, you don't shit don't on them. Yeah. No, but no, you, you don't just say oh, nothing. Hey, oh, you're just like, awesome, oh, nice, yeah, nice, nice to meet nice, your kid, good dude. Good to meet you. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. That's great. But if that's it's a cool, kid? cute kid, then you're like, oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah, Warren's kid, is she's freaking pretty fucking cool. I'm going to see her tomorrow, so that's a good thing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yes. We were at a show in Indiana, and I was backstage, and I see John Campbell, bass player for Lamb of God. And I see him at the loading dock with a young girl. She looks like she's like, I don't know, nine years old. Blonde girl. A little, little, little chubby. Not like John's build. And a woman, you know, uh, would look like the mother of this woman. The mother of the child, yeah. Yeah, my fault, too. Thank you. And so I look and I see him from far away. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, hmm. I didn't think John's like, girl and his kid were coming, but I don't know, whatever. So I just walk by, wave eye, I'm far away anyway. I just disregard. I was like, that doesn't look like John Campbell's fucking kid or his wife. And then I see this little girl playing with um, another dude named Jake. He's a he's a guitar slash bass tech for Lamb of God. And it, it was his kid. Yes. Makes a lot of sense if you saw this dude and the daughter not, you know, or they look yeah, like they, they could have like, came yeah, from exactly. one another. You know, some Kentucky shit. You know what I mean? Like built like a Kentuckian. Is that the right <laughs> word, Kentuckian? Didn't look like this other dude, John Campbell, a bass player at all. No, Kentuckian. No. He, he's a he's a Virginian. Virginian. John Campbell. John Campbell's a Virginia. No, no but Jake Hobbs is a the base tech. Yeah. yeah, he's a Kentucky. Yeah, it was just Excuse funny. And I was like, oh, you see the father and the daughter, and you right away you're like that makes sense. You you came out of a woman's vagina that was permeated by this gentleman's sperm. It all makes sense. <laughs> you have such a uh, elegant way with words. Articulate, Jacob. am I not? Very articulate. Yeah, I know. Am I? Uh, I could talk my way out of some shit sometimes. Sometimes. And one of my favorite things at night, Jake, at the very end of the night when we're all showered and done, kicking it and hanging, you're very talkative. You always Thank have you. a lot of questions to ask me, and it, it kind of keeps me on my toes. At the end of the night, it keeps me on my toes. It really does. You're always on your toes, dude. Eh, I try to be. You're always you never on know your what toes. to expect, right? Warren is is very alert, and he he um you know during the shows, Slayer shows, he's stage right, and that's where he, that's where you're working. But you're on your fucking toes, dude. Stage right's dangerous. Place. Nothing nothing gets by this did you, gentleman. Did, did you hear what happened the other night in stage right? That this was in um, Florida. Um, I believe yeah, it was West, West Palm, Palm Beach. Beach. What did happen, Mr. Lee? So we're doing a changeover, right? We're changing over, getting Lamb of God stuff off. And Slayer stuff on, and our stage manager slash oh not excuse me our rigger slash set carp points out to me that there are two gentlemen in my in me and uh, Johnny's guitar world, and uh, I look over and they got a bunch of stuff taking selfies screaming you know hey laughing having fun so I walk over and say hey you know you gentlemen cannot be here absolutely cannot be here 
I was probably a little rougher than that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you sounded really yeah. friendly, right? There, and dude. Uh, and then you know he said the first the first thing the guy said was I oh no that's okay we're friends with the band okay for, you know and that's a surefire way to piss me the fuck off because I don't give a fuck if you're friends with the band what the fuck are you doing in my guitar world touching my shit during the changeover right so I kind of asked them to leave again they kind of resisted and. Uh, the dude, needless to say, the guy folded like a pretzel and ended up on the floor sleeping. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what happens. When, it's unclear. You may have had a seizure. When you he may have had a seizure. When We're not really stage sure. Stage right is a is a it's certain a, area you don't cross. Place. But it's, it's when when you've got a show going on, a concert of any of any size, it's very imperative that things remain stable on on stage so the show can go on and so if you have people up there who are not working not only are they not working but maybe they're unaware of how you might have to act on a stage well, properly listen, you can you, you endanger the show people don't realize when you walk on especially our show here that we're, we're currently doing for Slayer right you walk on a show you might step on something that you know, we have pyro. Yeah, dude. We have enough propane on, on stage. Burn to, your to, face to, off, bro. Exactly. Game like, of Thrones you know, dragons There's electricity now. running. There's cables running. There's stuff yeah. you step on backs and it might pull something down hit from the, the air switch. and hit you in the head. Like, yo, yeah. it's a dangerous place to yeah. be on stage, especially yeah. if you don't know the stage, right? Exactly. If you don't know how to, like, walk on a stage or what's what, man, you're going to have a hard fucking time. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's for people's safety. That's what I understand, right? And it's also for, you know, you're in... Fucking guitar world, dude. What if you kick something over or broke something? Yeah, you ruin the show. Jeopardize the show. So you wanted to take a selfie, and now you want to jeopardize the show for how many patrons? Ten thousand paid patrons, right? That paid how much yeah. money to see this fucking show? Traveled that, there, yeah. took days off. You know, spent money. Now they can't because your dumbass was in fucking guitar world taking a selfie because yeah. you broke something. Well, guess what? I guarantee you, Jake, that guy will never go to a show again and go somewhere where he's not supposed to be. Warren protects this world. Very securely protect everything around you. Do and everything you do. I call mine. That's what I'm saying. You're very alert, dude. I don't ever find you unless you're like taking a nap. Uh, you're generally pretty uh, sharp and on point and observant of your surroundings. Yes, I usually am because I'm, I'm, you know, especially in this day and age, right? Did you so like when you was growing up in Queens, when you were young, did you and your brother kind of like get that mindset? There when you were young, just like just being yeah, alert and having no one had to handle yourself. Yeah, just you know, street kids, right? You grow up yeah. in the corner and shit. So. Um, yeah, we grew up uh, just kind of watching each other's backs, too, right? Yeah. So, definitely. It's just you two. There's no other siblings, right? No. no. Just me and him. <clears throat> um, we're, I guess a lot of people ask, but I think, I don't, I don't know. From what I see, we are closer than your typical twin brothers would be. You guys be. are very close twin right? brothers. We're like similar, we live similar lifestyles, we've yeah. like got the same friends, we kind of do the same thing, we've yeah. been around each other our whole lives, we live together for half our lives, you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. it's, uh, and I don't see, I don't see that often, right? Yeah, especially when there's years apart and siblings sometimes, there's different comparisons yeah, if parents if make, Yeah, you know? if there's years apart, then I'm, I'm, you know, usually you definitely don't see them hanging out like we would do, right? But, um, being that we're, you know, we're twins, I guess, you know, I don't know. This was, was Howard Beach is where you grew up? No, I grew up in uh, in Forest Hills Middle, Forest Middle Village. Hills. Yeah. Was was it a lot of uh, large Chinese population there? Uh, no, actually. No? What no. was the predominant ethnic groups in your neighborhood when you was growing up? Uh, mostly Jewish. So Most it's mostly Forest Jewish. Hills, Forest Hills Middle Village, Jewish and Italian. Jewish, Italian, so mostly yeah. Jewish, then some Italian, and then... Well, Forest Hills was mostly Jewish. And then uh, Middle Village was mostly Italian, right? Yeah. So I hung out with a lot of uh, Guidos, unquote, yeah, yeah, yeah. quote, unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Jake, you yeah, know, yeah, you're from I'm, the East I'm Coast. You know what a Guido it. is, right? It. Yeah. I get it. But the, it was funny because when I was growing up, all the Guidos were all 
ex-metalheads. They yeah. grew out of the metal were, and became Greedos, right? Yeah. Started listening to, you know, uh, dance music or whatever. Yeah, yeah just yeah, yeah. dance music just and wear gold shit. chains and shit. But they were cool, you know what I mean? Yeah. They were all so cool. So there wasn't a lot of Chinese families around you guys? No, not really. There was yeah. a few here and there, but not really. I never, I don't get along. I, I mean, I never really hung out with other Chinese people because, I mean, I'm not really your typical Asian guy, right? What's your typical Asian guy? I don't know, smart. Do your bad smart, dude. Well, like book smart, yeah. Like you know, yeah, I know. What you, I, 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 um, I think I have you know, they're just not like I'm covered in tattoos, dude. I look true. like a fucking true. true. You know, this is true. I don't look like your typical Asian. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not being racist. Definitely, I'm not being uh, judge or, or, or stereotypical. But you put me next to your typical other one billion Asian people in this world, yeah. and I definitely don't look like. Do you feel like you had to have your back <laughs> a little more, extra in Queens? Uh, not nah, more than anywhere else in New York. Yeah, you know. I mean, this is like New York. You, Warren's a little older than me, so he grew up in New York, New York, New York. When it was the real New when York. When it was real New York. Not to discredit anything that it is now, but no, you can discredit. If it. you've lived there or visited <laughs> there a lot in the last fifteen years, you can see there's been extreme changes to New York City. It's it's, it's a lot different than it once was. Here's the thing with New York. <clears throat> Uh, no matter where you are in the city, something crazy can happen to you, right? You can be a nice neighbor, you might get robbed, you might get hit yeah. by a car, you might, whatever, right? Um, but it's definitely a lot friendlier, right? It's a lot safer. Way, yeah. Depending. Well, see, it depends, because, I mean, right now, like, the subways are crazy. You can't even fucking ride the subways without getting fucking accosted by a fucking homeless guy, practically, right? Especially in the winter. Maybe now it's not so bad, because yeah. it's summer. Right, the weather's nicer, but in the winter, holy fuck, dude, it's it's fucking crazy, and that reminds me of how New York was in the '80s. I'm sure in the '80s was fucking wild. The '80s were a lot more violent. It was wild, violent. Yeah. It just was, you know, and just the trains were older. The lights yeah, used to yeah. go out, right? That's what I'm saying. Like you know driving I mean? the subway all the way from, like, say you was in Manhattan, you had to go all the way back to Queens where you were. And you're like, I don't know, 17, 15, well, it was 14. like the movie The Warriors, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty saying. close to it, man. It was probably like wild back then. Yeah, the you never knew. If you got on the subway at three in the morning back in the day, you didn't know what the fuck was gonna happen, right? Nowadays, you go on and it's packed. It's crazy. It's, yeah. Things are different. I mean, shit could still happen or go down because it's. You know, nothing good happens at those hours, right? Does it make you ever make you bummed out, though? Like, when you... Because you, you still live in New York. When you see the changes that have happened in the city, and I'm sure there's yes certain things no. are gone. I mean, it's good because it's safer, right? But there's certain elements of the city that made the city raw, right? Yeah. And, and, and the, the, you know, what it was, right? But they, it kind of lost its edge to me, right? But it's still... Um, it's still a great city. Right. Yeah. So, like again, when I'm home, I don't, I don't, I don't go out and look at shit. Right. I'm usually working. You know what I mean. But let's say you know my chick's from out of town, so yeah. she comes and we walk around and there's stuff I rediscover with. You know what I mean. And you and you actually re realize like, oh fuck, man, how this you is don't a get sad cool when place. you see things you love that are gone, torn down. There's some brand new shit up you don't recognize. That doesn't ever like bother some of, you. Some of it, some of it sucks. You know, some of the gentrification yeah. sucks there. You know, because a lot of like neighborhoods yeah, that dude. were used to be cracked. Fucking yeah. cracked out places. Biohazard used to have this fucking studio. Holy fuck, dude. Where was that studio? It was in Brooklyn, uh, downtown Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I think downtown. I remember what in the neighborhood, but it was like under the fucking like bridge. Dumbo? Yeah, it was like in Dumbo, right? Yeah. Holy fuck, dude. It was 
you you walked out of the studio, it's like, all right, you like look to the left and right. What the <laughs> fuck am I gonna see tonight? You know what I mean? And you go there now, it's like art studios and oh, coffee yeah. shops. Loss, big yeah. loss. And it's what the fuck, man. Yeah. You know, I've been to New Year's parties in Dumbo. Yeah, exactly. So it's nuts. Writers, yeah. You know, so that that's I mean that's good, I guess though, right? It depends. I don't know. That's what I was asking. I, I, I Boston had a lot of gentrification and changes in it. When I go back now, because I don't live there anymore, when I go back now, I get bummed out. You get bummed out. I'm not. Right? I mean, I'm like hyped to see family and friends, but a lot of shit I love okay, is well, gone. Well, what is it that you like love? You know, that is I gone just, that you love and miss. Like, partly what you said, like the edge. Okay. Uh, or or just certain aspects of the culture. It just seems like gone. Not all corporatized per se, but just it's 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 like um it's like an indie version of corporatization. It's like it's not chain things but it's like yes this is gonna be this upscale cocktail okay. bar with like the fake wooden backgrounds and we're gonna look like we fucking you know churn well, butter in the 1800s and well, shit here, here's you know? the thing with New York too the, the great thing you about New York the beards, is that the there's I mean there's chains like you have yeah. like your nationwide but chains I'm just talking, like, it's not chains I'm saying but it's like the same kind of ex- spots I'm seeing yeah yeah you know what I'm saying yeah same kind of kids yeah. certain vibes going families going it's very expensive where I grew up it's fucking expensive to live dude very expensive to live when it was cheap as fuck just like New York New York was super super oh, cheap bro shit. and now New York is like dude you know how expensive yeah, it is yeah New York's one of those, it's and, just and New York in general <laughs> the city rent everything's expensive the cost of living is high right well when you have a, a place to live that's expensive what happens is it tends to drive out the creatives cause artistic people Absolutely. not just musicians but of all arts they can't afford to live there anymore and then you have foreign big business coming in or developers and shit but then you lose people even in the culinary arts the restaurants start to suck because the creative cooks can't well, see, here, here's open the thing up a about, spot about in New York though is because it's such a big city and there's so many programs there are lots lots of uh, uh, programs where you, you know it, they help people that make don't make as much. In that's other words, and that's great. let's say that's that, like yeah, social it, security, security what safety the programs called, but if certain people that are looking to buy apartments, right, you can buy an apartment at a cheaper price if you can prove to them that you have an annual income of X amount and less, yeah. right, and then they you can then go in and buy the apartment um, for a better rate. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you don't show that kind of income, then you're gonna end up paying more, right? So that that's cool. That's yeah, good. yeah, that's no, that's a great yeah. program, and they need more of those in all these cities where that's happening. Yeah, well, especially yeah. like New York and let's say like Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Where there's you know the art, art. Yep. Man, come on. Yeah. You know, if you were a, an old punk rocker or whatever music, you you know New York was a place to be, right? You wanted to be an actor or get in Hollywood. Yeah. L.A. was a place to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Um, but let, let's see what happens, you know? Let's see what the future holds, right? Yo, were New York apartments back in the 80s bigger? Because when I started, like, going there, like, 1999, 98, and 2000s, when I moved there, you could see that landlords had kind of cut apartments into two. Yeah. And made everything small, so every room was, like, a fucking closet. Like, yeah. like we're in a back lounge of a tour bus. This would be, like, the living room or the bedroom. I've literally had bedrooms this size in New York City well, this, before. And well, they're very small. And, like, I just wonder, was it always that small? Because it's fucking small. I think so. I don't... You know what? To be honest with you, I don't know, Jake, because I never really spent time in hotels back then. You know what I mean? So... But, I mean, like, wait, like in Queens... Like Queens are, like... It, Queens was always spread a, out more. A little there more was, spread yeah, out, yeah. There was Manhattan, bigger houses, so, yeah. right? The apartments yeah. were always a little bigger because, you know, you're not, you're not fighting for space let's yeah. say right that's why I always feel like a New Yorker you're fighting for fucking space but also too you gotta remember Manhattan all these all these uh, these landlords are greedy right they realize like you know now they can charge fucking four thousand yeah. dollars a fucking rent for, you know a month for fucking these fucking apartments so yeah. they go oh you know what I, I want to make eight thousand months so I'm gonna fucking cut this motherfucking people will pay for too. it yeah because it's location baby yeah, right man, it's crazy you're paying for fucking location right yeah, it's crazy. you want to be in the city yeah. in the mix you know you want to walk outside your apartment and fucking be 
able to go to your fucking stupid Starbucks and get your fucking gay latte or whatever the fuck it is you drink. You know what I mean, you fucking weirdo fucks? Yeah, yeah. Right? I feel you, dude. I feel you. I get it. That's why, like, I moved to Los Angeles because I don't feel bad now living over there, gentrifying their neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, my city got fucked over too, so I'm over there now. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'll eat your twenty dollar bistro burger here in your neighborhood. Like, I don't care, dude. Now, I, let me I ask have no you emotional this. attachment do, to it. Now, do you miss the East Coast at all? Yeah, all the time. And but well, certain things about it, but for sure. But come on, you, you of course, bro. You enjoy I mean, I miss, the LA weather. And... I, that's what I like the best. I like the weather. I like not shoveling my car out of snow in the wintertime. I not like standing on the subway platforms, freezing your nuts. Off, like getting uh, fucking 20 inches of snow in the getting fucking Getting out of the shower in the morning, and you do have the heat on, but you still get out of the shower freezing. It's cold. It's terrible. Getting up is, is, is a task. Yeah. It's a fucking task. That's what I like, but I do miss the people. I miss food. I miss, um, I don't know, just familiarity, the p- the pace of it. We're in Philadelphia today, and this isn't Boston or, or New York, but it's still an East Coast city, and just walking around, I have my headphones enough, on. Yeah. I was getting the same kind of nostalgic vibes that you get in, in the East Coast that I couldn't get walking yeah. in, like, even in San Francisco, I won't get this kind of vibe, yeah. or Denver, or Seattle, or none of that shit. And I love those cities. But I just, it's the weather, dude. I'm a pussy, dude. I like the weather, dude. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's, I, I'm it's sick of it, too. Warm. But, you know, it's unfortunately, I, I can't really leave right now, so. Yeah, well, you got, you got familiar. <clears throat> yeah, I, I you, you know, kids. I got to wait till my daughter's at least uh, cool. 18, right? Till I bounce, Christ. you know? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't see myself bouncing, so yeah, let's yeah. see. You know, hey, at this bro, point. Yeah, stick it out. You like it, you like it. I mean. Hey, but I got to get away from this cold weather, Jake. It's tough on you, dude, man. It's Where tough. should I go? What do you think? LA's pretty sweet, shut up. LA's pretty sweet. What am I going to do in LA? Denver. You can hang out with me. We'll smoke a bunch of weed. I'll teach you how to surf. You can go to hardcore shows. You can hang out with Big Chris. The America guys, dude. I don't know. Do what? What what do you do at home? I work at. I work at. um, Oh well, yeah. That's different, right? You have to do that at the LA. They have mad stations. You got all kinds of shit to do in LA. There's Hollywood, there's surfing. Surfing. You got fucking delicious food. The weather's great. Ganja, dude. You love cannabis, Why don't I just move to California and work for Elite Cannabis? Because they're based in Colorado. See, no answer, right? What? We got some shit in California. Yeah, yeah. see, you see the pause in that question there, Jake? Yeah, see, that's why I don't move to California. (laughs) No. I might be. I mean, let's go. It's tough. Is that threat? (laughs) <laughs> he's he's convincing you. You have mad um like live strong bracelets on, huh? The 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 the, the fucking Lance Armstrong joints. Okay. Okay, let me explain yeah, this. Explain one. one of them, the green one. I never know. Is like five of them? Uh, the three. The green one. The green one is uh, used to say Amsterdam, right? Okay. And I bought that Amsterdam when I took my kid there, right? And then the purple one used to be unicorns that my kid gave me. Oh, oh the, well, these are all kid things. And then the black one, I have no fucking idea I've had. That's forever, cool. Any right? anything your kid gives you is fun. Yeah. So that's so cool. You took your kid to Amsterdam. Yeah. Why Amsterdam? Um, it just seems like more of an adult destination. No, because there was like Vondel Park, the zoo I took her to. She had a lot of fun, dude. I took her. There was the uh, that Magnum ice cream shop that you could custom make. Did your you ice blaze cream. Danks on the low in, uh, in the well, Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah, of course I did. Yeah. So how in the morning you... I'd walk out and just stand outside so and yeah, fucking uh, blaze. So how do you right? navigate the ganja blazing around the child? I don't. I don't blaze around her, right? So. So what? She's asleep in 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 the. Like if you have her for the weekend, you got her for three days. Oh yeah, I just then okay. I guess I'm not smoking. You don't flour. smoke for three days. I'm not smoking flour because so I, first of all, you don't want to expose her to it. Well, not yet. You know what I mean? Like I don't. And plus, you know, at the same time, I, like I'm not. I don't want to blow out my apartment and have like her smell it. You yeah, know what I mean? Because yeah. she'll smell it, right? Yeah, kids aren't stupid. So uh, and that's where. My friend Dave from Elite Cannabis comes in, right? He 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 put me onto the uh, Puffco Peak. Shout out to the Puffco oh. Peak. 
right? <laughs> and the sauce, right? It's a way so, to uh, kind of conceal uh, the yeah, scent of You know what I mean? You, you know, so you dab for a couple of days. Yeah. It's cool, right? And you dab at night when the kids are asleep. And you, you know what I mean? Right? You know? I, I don't have any kids, so I just imagine that when you do, well, you got to adjust the these kids, And that's what worries me. I'm, I'm responsible. I don't, I'm not high, you know? I don't fucking smoke a big fat joint before I go pick up my kid from school or any stupid shit like that. You know, I probably used to, but not anymore. I'm a responsible parent. Like, if I have my kids... He's a great parent, usually, by like, the way, I listeners. Fuck, he's a listen, great usually parent. I pick up my kid after work on a Friday where I'm definitely not fucking high, right? Because I don't smoke, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, get home, whatever. I don't smoke till nighttime. Sometimes I don't even smoke at all. I fall asleep with her, you know? So that's usually rare, but it's impressive. You were growing up, did your folks drink or smoke or do anything? Substances. Uh, they drank. They were not heavy drinkers. More social drinkers, I believe. Yeah. Right? They were definitely social drinkers. That's a healthy I never thing see to them be. like yeah. I never seen them like really drink around at home. And, what did they uh, drink? Mostly like brandy, liquor. Ah, brandy. Yeah, not really beer. People. I think wine. I think my mom. Beer's a sleepy thing, man. Yeah. I don't, you know. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I had my first drink when I was nine. Right? What was it? I don't know. Whatever my dad. I remember getting a Rolling Rock when I was about five, four, I took five a sip, years old. Almost spit it out, and he laughed at me. He was like, "Yeah, kid, <laughs> sneak it in there." But uh, they weren't, you know, they, it was a yeah, chill household. Yeah, it was in, in some ways like that. Yeah. At least. And then um, they smoked cigarettes, so I think that's where I picked up that habit from, right? So ah, you know, it's funny. Dude, my mother smokes. She just quit recently for like the whatever time. But uh, growing up with her. Smoking made me not want to smoke cigarettes. I smoked weed like early, loved it. That's usually I tried the case cigarettes, with a lot of people, but it just fucking me, it was Jake, in my for face, some reason, dude. It was in my face. Somehow, all the time. I fucking picked it up. And I remember trying it once when I was like five or six, right? Me and my brother. Damn, that's pretty fucking early for yeah. squares, bro. Damn. And, uh, and it was gross that we fucking put it out. We, it was like, oh, it's disgusting, right? <laughs> I would Through love it. to it picture a, you and your brother at six years oh old. God. Were I you guys the I same build, kind of? Yeah, yeah. For listeners who can't I hear what Warren looks like, Warren is short but like well built dude. He's a strong, stocky, shorter gentleman. I'm a big guy. I got big so shoulders. Imagine and short him and his arms, twin right? brother, little like <laughs> six year old versions of that, smoking cigarettes. What kind of cigarettes were you smoking at six, dude? I want to say my dad at the time dude. smoked more cigarettes, the menthols, and that's why they were. Those. You don't more? know what more cigarettes more? are? M O R E? Dave, you know more, more? cigarettes, I don't right? Know, maybe. The skinny ones, yeah? They came in the, the soft. Uh, red know. and black uh, No uh, Was it green And red uh, Soft packs Right Dave Sounds like some Do you remember You're old enough Right Interesting Interesting That's what my, that's what my father smoked I remember those And we, I'm pretty sure We, we smoked the menthol ones That's menthol. why they were So disgusting Yeah Right And then I didn't smoke Obviously I didn't start Smoking when I was six You know <laughs> But uh, I think I started Picking up cigarettes uh, Man when I was Probably like 13 or 14 Or maybe 15 Like when you started Smoking weed Weed, I started smoking probably around 12 or 13. Yeah, see, I started, to, like, like, I tried them both at the same I'm time. Wondering, and I weed, I took two, and cigarettes, I just knew I didn't. I smoked want cigarettes about back them. then, too. So yeah. maybe I did start smoking oh, cigarettes yeah. when I was the same age. Cigarettes make you look cooler, huh? Did it get you pussy when you were young? Did you, it was like, awesome. That was the nah, only thing I was like, man. didn't smoke. I was like, man, maybe I should fucking smoke. Dude. Nah, I don't I, know. No, it probably, if anything, it probably fucking scared chicks away. When right? you're young, no. I think when you're young, it makes nah, chicks think you're cool, no. dude. Now, nah, when you're older, so. yes. But I think when you're young, chicks think it's cool. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't think, I think it's a fucking disgusting habit. I probably yeah, should I mean, never I'm not a fan of it myself, you know, but I don't care much for it you know but i just i mean i won't seriously entertain a woman romantically that smokes cigarettes really like a one night stand for sure but if i was to hang out with her on a continual basis it smells in her fucking hair dude her clothes what i love most about women not most 
One thing I love about women is smell. they smell great, man. They smell yeah. different than us. So if she smells like my fucking mother or like my aunts or like Marlboro Lights or some nasty what's your, shit. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Jacob, what's Please. the favorite thing about your, your girlfriend or your current significant my, other? My favorite thing about my girlfriend is that I trust her. Is what? I trust her. You and trust I don't trust her. most women. I don't even trust my own, I don't even trust my own mother and I love her. And, I, and, I, and that's no disrespect, but it's just I have reasoning. But I trust this girl. My girlfriend, I trust her. And it's That's rare. I've had girls that I love that I'm infatuated with that are awesome. You and you still have those little paranoias. I I could let, she can go out with her friends to any club wearing the littlest amount of gear. I'm never worried about how men approach her, how she reacts. I'm never worried about her doing anything shady. And that's it's why nice. you're with her. That's that, and that's the thing. main reason why I'm with her because I've never been with a girl that I trust that much. I don't even trust my own female family members. That's a good thing. And it sounds fucked up. It sounds fucked up, but it's true. It's, it's for good reason. I see my family members, like my both my parents cheating on each other before they were divorced, bringing dudes home, and like fucking their it's friends and shit. It's so it's like world. if that's my mother who I trust the most doing that, what the fuck are these other girls gonna do? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that that set my perception up for my whole life. Okay, all right, that's a good point there. Yeah. So trust, trust is a good one. You know. Trust is very it's, important. It's a to tough. Have. It's a very tough atonement, but it's a very instrumental um, thing to have in a relationship. If well, you're you gonna be on the road, it. you can't have a relationship if there's no trust, right? I've tried. I'm sure we've all tried, but I mean, do they last? That's really worth anything, I guess, right? And if you're a traveling man like yourself or anybody who, who who's on the road, it's even more significant, yes. right? You'd say yes. trust is more important because you're not there every day. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're gone for weeks, months at a time, and you have to you have to hope. Shit is going a certain way. You have to believe. You have to actually really be able to believe it, not say you believe it. I think it, the but bottom really line is it. communication. It doesn't matter distance. Doesn't matter fucking yeah. time. If you, as long as there's communication and there's a connection, then you know it, it should work, right? Uh, it just depends. Both ends have to, um, let's say, put in the effort. Yep. Or um, have to meet in levels of effort or whatever I guess you call it right you can't have yeah. one side doing more than the other you know what I mean no, you cannot it's gotta be a compromise gotta be uh, an equal type of thing right for it to work you but again it just depends on each situation is different right you can't yeah. really say this and that and it's definitely gonna work you know it just depends every, every situation is different it's tough yeah. It's definitely tough, right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough, tough when you're so. not around it's just tough yeah. you know I think about like shipping I've never you know your brother Warren's brother Royce uh, is a marine Ex oh yeah, he's I, still I don't know Yes, yeah, yeah. You know I, such I thing as an ex-marine. I said that yeah, to you the right. other day. Was a marine. Yeah, dudes got very upset. Yeah, yeah. He it's is like a being marine, a. It's like your president. You're yeah, still yeah, a president. Yeah, still a president. president. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Imagine if you you you're like a fucking cool old woman and you're chilling in your house, or you're a cool dude chilling in your house, and your wife or your husband is like overseas for like eleven months. In combat or some shit. That's like, and you that's, have to be that's, trustworthy. That's way worse than touring, man. But worse, you're the person in combat, and you have to be trustworthy that your your significant other back home is holding it down. Yeah. You're over there dodging bullets and sweating balls off and whatever. You have to hope that back home. Well, it's kind of like cool. that out here, except we're not, you know, we're not in a life dwell. We're not in a life and death situations as so much as in like yeah. a war, but. I mean, nowadays, fucking A, it's concerts. Well, on stage, right, it might be a whole other story, dude. Well, that's if, yeah, if you're a strange uh, uh, a guest, a random guest that likes to wander around, then, yeah, you'll probably be in danger. We were playing a show in, uh, fuck, it was in Kansas City the other day, and I'm looking out in the crowd, and there's a woman fighting the police, um, and she you know, she was putting up quite a bit of a fight, and they they were they had to carry her uh, horizontally out, you know, like and she yeah, was still fucking tired throwing or some shit. Yeah, oh, yeah man. people are crazy. She might have been methed out. My K guess Kansas is City, by the way, on this tour, this stop on that tour was the best show of the tour so far, the best show the band played so far, in my opinion. 
Yeah. They played the tightest that night. It's funny how that works because so whoever was in Kansas City yeah, you saw had a the great show, show. You had a great you show. Fucking saw a great fucking show. And that probably wasn't one of the bigger ones that we're gonna do or have done. Uh, dude, well, I don't even think we had the full show either, right? No, no we didn't have the yeah, full show. There was windy, no, we so you had to trim some things. We had to ch- they had to change the Backdrops. whole lighting rig. They did everything, so they didn't even have the full show. But the band played the best on that. Not saying that they played bad on the other nights. They just played Sometimes really good really that night. Sometimes really in there, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the pocket show, right? They, that was one of, you know. There's probably f- five shows that I remember working for this band, working for Slayer, that is, um, that I remember were like, okay, they, they played fucking the best. Five shows ever that you really stand out? One of them was the first Big Four show in Poland. The band never played so fucking where so tight. Where Poland was it at? Oh, where the fuck was it? Do you remember what show, what city it was in? Warsaw, maybe? I don't know. Warsaw. Fucking, I can't remember what the city yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Right? But it was whatever. The first Big Four that we ever did with Metallica. It was in Poland. And that was one of the tightest shows they ever fucking played that I've ever seen them play. And then there was one time at, um, uh, a club called, it's not there anymore, it's called the Quest Club in, um, the beautiful city of Minneapolis, Minnesota. One of my favorite cities. And, uh, they, one show that, you know, they played super tight there. And then one show, we did a, a show in Japan, one of these loud park festivals, same shit was in Japan. There was like eight pits that broke out. It was nuts. That's crazy. And the band played so fucking tight, right? So those three I can recall off the top of my head. Other ones I have to think about. So, your your daughter into music? Is she? Yeah, she's coming to the show tomorrow. Um, oh shit! According to her, she, Slayer's not her favorite band or anything. She doesn't exactly <laughs> listen to them all the time, but she knows. You know, she does like some of the songs. But she will probably be on. Stage right, Guitar World, dancing the whole show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Most likely. So, like, would you, if she, like, was naturally inclined to want to maybe play guitar or piano or some shit, would you you'd encourage that or something like that, right? Oh, absolutely. She, she likes, she likes, when she comes to my place, uh, I got a bunch of guitars, obviously, she right? Likes so play she around, likes to play around play with Play around them. with yeah. that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So I got to get yeah. her more on, uh, um, next year when I'm not touring anymore, I'll be, uh, I'll be concentrating more on her, like taking her more to like um, jujitsu stuff. Oh yeah, and you music got her stuff. in jujitsu. Yeah, she was taking oh, yeah. jujitsu for a little bit at Clockwork, uh, Clockwork BJJ or whatever. Clockwork that, jujitsu. That's like some ill Clock, jujitsu. Clockwork jujitsu. It's a it's a spot in um in uh, downtown Manhattan. Josh Griffin, it's a great school, great great uh, instructor. He's got kids kids stuff. What made stuff, you bring you know? her to do that? Because uh, I just want, I want her to learn jujitsu. She got to learn. I, I agree. Herself, I think it's a really you know? good yeah. uh, thing in a lot of ways. I think yeah. it's humbling she's for learn kids. Something. I mean, she don't got to be a black belt or fucking become a professional fighter, but she's got to learn at least learn the basics and know how what it feels like to get tossed around. She can defend herself. You know what I mean? Did you ever uh, have any training of any kind when you was a kid? I trained in all kinds of shit here and there. I never took any one thing serious, right? I never Not just did like it. stage right training. You know what I'm saying, but like like <laughs> formal shit. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I took. Uh, Oh, you did? Uh, I took Aikido for a little bit. I oh, took shit. Taekwondo okay. for a little bit. You know, Jiu-Jitsu I never really took. But my brother and, you know, all these all the homies, Hoya and all these guys, they took shit with, with good Gracie shit, and they would show me oh, shit, shit, right? Yeah. So, you it's know what I mean? Shit, man. I think it's very good. So uh, I took a bunch of shit here and there. But again, like I said, I never, I never did it for more than a year, and I never continued any of it, right? But I did pick up a lot of shit from all the little things, right? Like Aikido taught me how to breathe and, yeah. taught me, you know, I picked up a few things shit, from man. there. Yeah, so. Some ill shit. That's some Stephen Seagal shit. 
yeah, his his form of Aikido was a lot more aggressive. Though, yeah, right? so. it's funny. Like when I was in Japan, like like the first time a long time ago, I got my homie and his pops are both like Aikido black belts, and 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 in what? Japan, at least in Tokyo, like Stephen Zagal was very respected. And like had you know done a lot of training over there and shit. They they fucked with him over there and shit. Like he was real deal ill. Well, I mean, if you watched, was that for, uh, what was the first movie he did? Well, he's above the law, out for justice. <laughs> above the law. If you watch in the beginning where they show all the black and white photos of him like sword fighting and throwing yeah, in competitions, yeah. yo, that's yeah, that's, he, that's him. That's really him, you know. Yeah. At one point in time, dude. He was a bad. I mean, he probably still is. He has great flicks, bro. bro he's he a fucking, fucking badass motherfucker. I quite enjoyed dude. a lot of cigar <laughs> movies, bro. Alpha Justice, Above the Law. All right. Uh, exiting the. Uh, Dave Bond villains exiting. He's off to molecular labs to make some some scientific some madness, sauce, yeah. dude. He's a botanist, scientist, mad dude. <laughs> actually, no. He's actually going to bed so he could have enough energy to, to uh, restring up his uh, five or six BC riches tomorrow. Two more nights. Two more nights as a roadie. Two more nights. His alleged uh, his story is another interview. Retirement. Well, yeah, we, oh, we, we can, discussed well, we this get once. into it right now. We discussed it. Me and David discussed this. We already this discussed once. it already, but, but did you get my side of it? But the saga continues. <laughs> the saga continues. Yeah, maybe your side of it would be interesting. Warren, <laughs> Warren Lee has uh, has great perspectives on things. Dude, well, he's been Bye, out here a long fucker. time. Warren's, Warren is, uh, yeah, you've been on the road fucking 23 years. 23 years. That's uh, like 15 more than this, half of my life. That's 15 way more than band. half of my life. I spent more than half of my career with this band. 15 years I've been with this fucking Damn, band. That's a long time. <laughs> How did you get into the Slayer camp? Hmm. It all started, I guess, in 99 when I got the gig with Sick of It All. And we opened up for Slayer, and on that tour I befriended the the crew. Who was in the crew? Anybody, nobody I know from the crew now. Johnny. But Johnny, except for Johnny. Johnny. Johnny was there. Um, and yeah, everyone else was different back then. Yeah. That's um, but uh, <clears throat> I befriended everyone there, and you know, whatever it was cool. We became friends. I helped them out every night, like you know, kind of whatever. And then uh, did another tour with them with Biohazard when I was working for Biohazard. And then th that was a different, completely different crew, but the band remembered me, so the crew was cool with me, so we kind of, you know, connected in that level as well. And then a couple years later, I was working for Hatebreed, and uh, we did another Slayer tour. And then and, and ended up being two of my closest friends in the whole world were on that crew, right? And then after that tour, I believe that position for, for on stage right opened up. The guy, the guy that was there before, Dan Druff, he uh, he moved on to Guns N' Roses, so the position opened up, and then I got the call, right? Because you know my two Seize close friends kind of pushed pushed yeah. my name, and yeah. the band remembered me, and you know, it's like when you get an opportunity, if you see it and you can recognize that it's a big opportunity, you can be smart enough to to really capitalize on it and, and do the best job you can, go in there, crush it, kill it, and really make sure that you're you're kind of I don't know paving yeah. the path for the and future I, of your I, career. And, and, you know, I think in the beginning too, I, I really didn't. I don't think I was trying to get a job with Slayer. I just thought it was fucking cool to be around that band because their fucking crew was, seemed yeah. crazy at the time. To me, I was fucking brand new, right? You know what I mean? So they just seemed like older, seasoned guys, and, and it was just they were nice. They they showed me around. They fucking they taught me a lot of shit. You know what I mean? They just showed me what it was like to tour, right? So I was still young in that at that point, you know. And it's uh, so some. I, I don't think it was my goal, you know, subconsciously. Maybe it was, but consciously it definitely wasn't. But again, I don't know, man. Because there's a guy I went to high school with, Jake. His name's Scott. 
and uh, I don't remember this, but he, I met up with him years later after the fact, and he literally said, first thing he said to me after he saw me, I didn't see him for like 15, 20 years or whatever, he said, you did it. I just kind of looked at him. So what are you talking about? I did. I did what? He goes, you did it. You work for Slayer now. I was like, uh, yeah. Did you he know. know you were in the music and shit back in the day? Oh yeah. Well, we were like both metalheads. We played oh, in local okay. bands together, or blah blah blah. You know. And uh, but apparently, when I left school at one point, I looked at him and said, Hey man, I'm out. But I'll see oh. you because I'm gonna work. For, I'm gonna go work for Slayer. Oh shit. So, so you were in high school at that time? Yeah, I was about 15 years old God when I said that damn. to him. I don't remember, though. But That's he, crazy. He, he says he remembered it, and he said, I said it. <laughs> so maybe I did have a conscious goal. That's pretty goal. ill, dude. A That's subconscious a, goal, so. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's pretty ill. That's a good story you have, dude. You got to write that shit down, dude. That's a oh, good yeah. Book, wait, that's a good book, dude. The Chronicles. Oh, Jake, it's, I'm, I'm going to. What do you call it? Memoirs? No, no, I'm doing a book. It, it'll be, I'm going to do a book. Oh, that's pretty. I'm working on it. I mean, that's a long time, dude. Twenty-three years. I got a couple. You know, I'm trying to figure some things out, but I'm I'm definitely working on a book. So, what is your folks? People, hopefully, people are interested in. What's your, what's your folks think about this shit? Uh, well, my father passed away when I was uh, real young, um, and my mother doesn't have any idea what I really do. She's old school traditional, like old school Chinese. traditional Chinese. Yeah, yeah, so I understand that. Um, she definitely hates the life I live. <laughs> and what about like she feels the same way about your brother? No. Or his brother Royce Lee also works uh, in touring music as well. He's yes, he's a manager for Slayer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know what she really thinks about it. I I know that. She definitely wishes I didn't. I did something else. <laughs> but you've been on this path pretty much since you were a kid, man, like a teenager, right? Uh, you well, out of high I've been, school. I've been playing in bands since I was 15. So what did she like think when kid? you started playing in bands? Was she yeah, like, she oh, it's a phase? Yeah, or she, yeah, she hated it, you know? But she supported me at the same time, though, right? She backed it, right? Whereas, like, you know, she didn't, like, you know, try to, like, you know, she would, like, other That's mothers, cool. you can't play that bass or you can't go have band practice or whatever, you know? So... You know, like I had to, you know, get the stuff on my own. She yeah. wouldn't like literally buy anything from me, but she would at least support me and not like keep me from doing things. That's cool. You know at least, I mean? Yeah, she wasn't trying to yeah, prohibit you from you know? growing. So she never like supported it, but she never prevented me from doing stuff, right? So, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you got to give her credit on that, yeah, right? So, but again, you know, she never fucking backed it though, right? She never, she didn't like it. She wanted me to, you know. I don't know, if, if to yeah. make her happy, I probably should have continued school and went to law school and became a lawyer or something. Then, she, then she'd be happy, right? You think, would you like to be in the courtroom? <clears throat> uh, that was the original cases? plan, Jake. Really? Yeah. Yes, Young I was Warren? in school for pre-law. For in college. I was. I went to St. John's University. And oh, uh, I had shit. a 3.8 or 3.9 GPA. So you are smart. And I was on my way to be... Um, going to law school I was that was right that was the point Dude. going take pre-law and then go to law school for three years and Lee and Lee associates you and your brother yeah. could have been lawyers but then you know uh, so here's the story you want to hear that story please so Shit. I would take semesters off here and there to work with that a band called H2O right and uh how old are we right now what year is this uh, this was <laughs> Man, I can't even fucking remember, Jake. I don't is know. The 80s is the 90s. No, no, it's the 90s, 90s, probably early 2000s, maybe. I don't know, man. I was fuck. I can't even fucking remember. I don't okay. know. Continue. I really, I have to think about. I have to think really hard about the. To, to, don't think too hard. I don't want you working but, uh, <clears throat> but um, so I would take semesters off here and there, and go to college, and then take one semester off, go on tour, make some money, whatever. And uh, so I got, and um, 
in between all that, whatever, I, I got this, I got the gig, I got a gig with this, this band called the Apex Theory, right? And it was on uh, for OzFest, two, this was 2002, I believe, or 2001 or something, right? And, uh, all right, so I took the gig, yeah? So I did, uh, you know, I said, it's perfect, summer gig, I'll do the, the tour, make some money, and go back to school in September, right? Well, guess who was on that fucking tour, Jake? A band called Hatebreed, right? And I pretty much, you know, I've known those guys since I was a kid, right? Played shows together, whatever, yeah. just known those guys. Well, needless to say, I ended up working for them. And between that and the, the two other bands I was helping out on that tour, it turned that summer extended. I didn't get home till February. <laughs> School put on the back burner. Yeah, I, and yeah. then once I got home February, Hatebreed kept going, right? So I just stayed with them, and then the next thing you know, it was two or three years later, and I just kind of stopped and was like, all right, I guess I'm not going back to college, and I'll just do this as a full-time career, right? So that's kind of how my story. I mean, that's, shit, if, that's, it, if, if you felt it, if it was gravi- you were gravitating towards that man, you gotta go. You gotta go with it. You gotta do it. You know. Well, it was one of those things where like you kind of were just going, right? Yeah. You're going. The dates kept coming. You know what I mean? You you felt you felt. You were like, living okay, in the yeah. moment. Yeah, I couldn't leave because like yo, I'm with these guys now, helping them out, right? Like they wanted me there. I, you know, I wanted to be there, whatever. And uh, next thing you know, it was just all that time went by and holy shit I and fucking went the, around the world two times this is the time your brother's in the just Marines happened. no this is, was my brother was working at Live Nation at okay the time. so he's out of the Marines now. yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah what she, what's your mom's think of him going in the Marines uh, I think she backed it she signed them she signed them in he, well, he was he, a minor he was 17 years old god damn he was Jesus Christ yeah wow. when, he, when he first went into boot camp he's he was 17 going. were you guys more different then or like more no, similar than we were are you always the same, same? Yeah, it's interesting with brothers or, or siblings in general. We were both the same kind of people always, right? Yeah. Like, pretty much opposites, right? Would you say in personality? Wise? I mean, some some ways, yes, but so then you guys have very strong similarities. I feel like your moral compasses are the same. The way you look at things are the same, but the way you know we react yeah, is yeah. very different. You know, yeah, it, it just like a little different. Well, he's the more older brother kind yeah. too, right? He's the by kinda, mere minutes, right? Probably the uh, three minutes. Three minutes. Son of a bitch. But uh. <laughs> Pappy. Uh, Pappy Pops. What up, Pops? Pops, Pops. Um, should we tell that story on, on air, Jake? Tell the story. All right, so we're... He's twin brothers, mind you. So we're twin brothers. We're loading up the stage the other day. I'm waiting for backline. We're up there. We're kind of standing next to you to talk to each other. And a uh, guy comes up and goes, oh, hey, I like that. A father and son team. I just started laughing, Jake, because yeah. obviously he wasn't talking about... No, no, the, no. I was the son, and yeah, I definitely was Warren the father. Yeah, was the son, and Royce, his brother, was the father. It's, the, Hence the nickname we have come up with him now. Your brother's beard and his mustache is what maybe made him look older? I don't know. <coughs> well, I don't think he was wearing brothers. a hat. Oh, the hat makes him look older? <laughs> I was, right? So his, his, his white it's hair was funny. showing, and mine wasn't. Huge compliment <laughs> to you. Kind of like, yeah, some shade. So now he has inherited the name Pops or Pappy because now the band's involved and they know right. about it and they started calling him Pops and Pappy. Some nicknames are inescapable, man. When they, when they catch on, dude, it's like wildfire just burns the trees down. You can't run for these nicknames. That's how nicknames come by, right, yeah, Jake? Yeah, man. Jake hey, the Snake. How'd you get Jake the Snake? What's, how, what's the story behind that? Just being a kid and it rhymed. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, you know. And obviously everyone like well not everyone but we watched like wrestling and shit when we were little but like even like family members people who didn't watch wrestling just, just rhymes. Jake the Snake. Yeah, if my Jake name was snake. like Jack Jack the Snack. Yeah yeah yeah. Bill okay. the Pill. Uh, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Okay, but no one says enough. those weirdo yeah, names. See, but Jake but the Snake was easy. But that's how real nicknames yeah. stick, right? And then it just like spiraled out of the control you can't to like pick your own fucking nicknames. nickname. You, you know what I mean? You can't. You can and you can try. People try, but it's really whatever people call you. And it sticks, and that's the best. And then you run with it, you own it, you, you kind of like become adapt it, you know? Yeah. 
You can't. Some people try to fake adopted, forced nicknames, me. and you can't do that. It's not authentic. Yeah. You can't do that shit, dude. What's your daughter's nickname, dude? My daughter's nickname? Yeah. You know what? I don't yet? really have a nickname for her. Well, she's like five? She's seven. Seven, Christ. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I maybe parents don't really nickname their kids. I nickname everybody. Like, like I'll just go crazy. My mother, my, my girlfriend has like 12 nicknames. I just nickname the shit out of people. Even friends of mine, like, I'll just, you know, do variations on their nicknames. But if it's your kid, maybe you don't nickname your kid. I don't know. I don't know. I just... I don't know the I just policy. call her by her full name, so... What's her full name? London. Like, the city? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to hit her with, like, the middle name, last name thing, like she was in trouble. Uh, no, she never gets in trouble with me. Oh, man. Yeah, cool. You're the cool dad. <laughs> You're the cool dad. You got... That's... Hey, dude, that's what you want to be. I want to be the cool dad. Yeah. God forbid of me and my Well, I still don't want to be, divorced. like, the guy that, like, you know, I don't want to make, like, you know, the mom be, like, the bad, bad one. Guy, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> at the yeah. same time, I you know, I also want to be like you know, able to like discipline her at one point when her not just be like, oh, what the hell? Why are you not being cool? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you're probably a cool dad, dude. I try. I mean, you look. Listen, I don't have. I don't. I don't have her full time. That's the thing, Jake. Right. So I'm kind of not raising her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have her on the weekends. That's I mean, I, you know, I spend time it. with her, yeah. but you know, it does suck. But out here, it's terrible, right? Because uh, she does miss me. I miss her, and I'm out here for fucking. How long am I out here, Jake? Right now we're out here for like four weeks. Yeah, but well, I'm oh, in gone, general, on the I'm, average of yeah, a year. From, no, I right mean, now in this tour run though, I think I'm gone till mid July, dude. Oh well, yes, yeah, so if you again, continue so. yeah, through the summer and stuff, yeah. I mean, you're home Holy for days. Fuck, not days. even yeah. one day. It's tough, man. It's a tough <laughs> thing, gets man. Five, six days off. I think I get one day off. Jesus Christ. Yeah. One day off isn't enough. You don't adjust, no. right? I travel home that day, and the next day I have off, and then I fly out the next day. 